Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. On this episode, I got to speak with Sophia. and so much fun chatting with her. She does spiritual interior design, which I found so fascinating. We talk about where she gets the inspirations for her designs, her favorite furniture store, space clearings, and crazy reading stories. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. So thank you so much, Sophia, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Tell me about you. What's your story been like so far? Thank you. So my name is Sophia. I'm from Chile. I moved to LA five years ago. I lived in LA when I was little for two years, and I always said I'm going to go back. I was obsessed. And I used to dream, like, every day in school, like, in seventh grade, eighth grade, I used to dream of just going, just, like, floating to LA. It would be so funny like every day I would just be like I'm going back there I'm going back there there was no way I was going to come back here because I didn't have a way um and then when I graduated high school my mom was like I'll send you to study there and I didn't want to come alone and it was a lot more expensive than studying in Chile so I stayed in Chile and then I met uh, my boyfriend who is now my, my husband um And he was in the film industry. He was coming here a lot. He was born here, but he was Chilean. And we ended up moving here um, when I was 26. I'm 30 now. And um, I'm an interior designer, a spiritual interior designer. I'm um, a Kashuk Records reader, energy healer, spiritual life coach. And I do space clearings as well. And I own it all. I love doing it all. I don't think I'll ever... I'll never stop doing it all. It's just all part of who I am. And what was it about LA that you really loved? You know what? It's because when I when I first got here, it was very like all shiny and new. Because I'm from Chile, and you know, it's it's a very developed country. A lot of people think it's a lot worse than it is. Um, but back then, it wasn't. We didn't have like all these uh, stores and like it was very much about materialism at first, I guess, when I got here and we would just buy like, you know, all the Hello Kitty stuff, like having just a store of Hello Kitty, like all those things for me was like so much fun. And but then it started becoming of just being able to be myself with no judgment because Chilean society, it's amazing, but there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of like when you they look at people that are different it's like oh no like you can't do that you're supposed to behave this way and here in LA everybody kind of does what they want nobody really cares and it's just a place where you can feel like you can be whoever you want to be so when I moved back it was kind of like the clueless era so I had like all my fuzzy like things and glitter things which I still have <laughs> But um, I took all that back and I had my backpack and all these things. And um, everybody was like, it was sixth grade and all my classmates were dressing the same. They all had the same exact backpack. And I wanted to have my, I didn't care because I love like my weird stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to bring my colorful stuff. And they did so much bullying on me. I had to change schools. That, that was like how, how awful it got. But I always stay true to myself and and that was like I was like oh, why are people here so like judgmental and close-minded like I want to do what I want to do and 
I'm just gonna do it. I ended up like changing schools and it was fine, but that's like what I love about LA specifically. It's like the 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 weirdness of it all that it's it's just so inviting and accepting, especially now that I'm in the spiritual world. <laughs> and can I ask, how did you meet your husband? Yeah, so he loves telling this story. Um, <laughs> So when I met him, I was actually dating uh, somebody else, <laughs> but we were like, you know, like almost like to the point he was my first love and um, I was 19 actually. <laughs> and we, um, so anyways, um, so I just picked him up. I didn't think much of him at first, you know, um, but I was like, I, I had to pick him up because my friends couldn't and he was helping us with this project for college. and. I, I just had to, you know, I picked him up. He was really nice, blah, blah, blah. And uh, later on, I broke up with my boyfriend for other reasons. And he was like, just like the next day, he was like, I'm I'm here, I'm ready, you know. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I just broke up with somebody like yesterday. And I started dating him. And we've been together for like less than years, yeah. I think. And did you know while you were dating the other guy that you were interested in the other guy? Did what? Did you know while you were dating the other guy that you were interested in your husband? Um, I kind of like, it's funny because I kind of like thought about it, but I had this, actually I had this tarot reading um, like three months before I broke up when I had just met him. And she said like, oh, you're like, this relationship's not working. You're going to you're going to um you know break up and but there's there's another guy going around and she said try to be stay single in between like don't rush into another relationship which I didn't do clearly um but she said that and I thought of him like him came to he came to mind and then I was like "Eh, no I don't think so like (laughs) you know I was like "Mm, maybe but um it ended up being that Yes, (laughs) it was him, (laughs) clearly. And what drew you to interior design? So, interior design, I feel like, was something that was very much part of my life for a lot of reasons. The first reason um, being, I just had, like, remember, like, one of my first, all my first memories I have a very bad memory, and most of my first memories are about, um, like, I remember homes because of, like, the drapes, or I remember, like, the color of my room, like, I don't remember anything else about my life, but I always remember those kind of things, and one of the first things I remember is when I was, like, four years old, I think, or three, we moved into a home, and it had the most it had a clown wallpaper, like it's like a cute clown, but still like clown wallpaper. And I remember that so vividly thinking like, I can't sleep here <laughs> because it has this, but not because I was afraid, but it was like, I did, I thought it was ugly. And I was so little and so funny that like, I remember that. And then I remember one day coming home from kindergarten and my mom was like, so how was your sister's first day? My sister's a year younger than me. And I was like, I don't know, but the drapes in that room were like, <laughs> I don't know, I was obsessed with like interior design ever since I was very little. And then over the years, I, we moved a lot. So I moved, I've lived in, I think now, I don't even know, like 16 different places. Um, 
and I'm 30, and most of them have been before my 20s, like 21, 22. So we moved around a lot, and I needed to make it each place, like my own, my home, and just like I would always, I remember when I was like eight, I had my my little like office, home, home office space that was like a spare room that my mom gave me. And I used to put up like Lisa Frank, um, like folders as art like and then I would just I would just always be decorating whenever we moved I would like try to buy new stuff it was always so important to me to be in that kind of space and then I went to design school I wanted to do fashion um but I but I was like "Mm, fashion interior design didn't know and then I ended up studying something called integral design which is in Chile which is a lot of more of like design thinking and graphic design, industrial, they, they just teach you to do like a whole concept instead of one thing. And then I interned for an interior designer and I worked with him for like three, he was an architect, um, like three or four years and then, no, three years. And then I moved here. I thought I wasn't going to get like a job in interior design because it was kind of hard in Chile. Um, there's not a lot of interior designers like here. And... I ended up working at a furniture store first, and then uh, a really nice designer hired me, and it was like a dream come true. Because, you know, designing in LA is like, everybody has a budget. Like, I remember, like, buying $600 pillows, and for me, that was like, like, who is spent $600 on one pillow? Let me tell you, a lot of people. <laughs> but um, it was great. It was great. I love design. It just keeps me, it's part of, like, it's just part of me, part of who I am. I love it. And do you have a favorite place that you've designed and what did it look like? Yeah, so um, when I first branched off on my own, um, one of my, uh, my, it was actually my first project when I branched on my own. Um, I got this project uh, to do a Beverly Hills inspired nursery for uh, Angela Lantern, which she has a blog called Hello Gorgeous. She's married to this guy on Timeless, a really cute guy. Like he's kind of famous, the kind of famous couple. So nice. And um, she had me redesign her playroom, inspired in Beverly Hills Hotel, which I thought was like really up my alley because it's all like pink and, you know, all these like um, the, what do you call them, the leaves, like all the banana leaves and it was just so perfect. I was like, this is the sign that I needed to, like, I needed to take the step towards my own business. It was so fun. And, and we did, like, a lot of beautiful prints and pink and glitter, but, but like, California style. It was it was really cool, really fun project. I think that's my favorite project so far. And do you have a favorite store to shop at? Um, yeah, so one of the stores I, I worked for, or when I first got here, it's so funny because I had it's it's like five minutes from my house and it's called Mix Mix Furniture and it's all like Bali inspired. It's very Moroccan. They bring a lot of things like um, big lanterns and it's just oh, it's just so beautiful. I remember once stepping into that store and thinking, "This is the most beautiful store I've ever been in." And then it happened that they had an opening and I I worked there for a while, like six months, but. I worked there and it was really, I just loved being there every day because it was like the whole vibe of the place was so fun. Um, so definitely look them up because it's really, 
it's a really cool like vibe they have ongoing and it's not that trendy it's just about they have like really cool day beds and pillows i don't know i don't know and how did you get into spirituality so that kind of i always feel like it was like inter design and on the other side i was always kind of like in the spiritual uh, realm of things i my mom was was a reiki uh practitioner uh she actually did tarot readings a lot when i was little um but it wasn't like what you would imagine it was kind of like a normal person that did tarot readings like i feel like some people imagine that she was like because she taught tarot also in my home so that was kind of what she actually yeah that was a little how you would imagine it because <laughs> i would come in they would be sitting in a circle like teaching each other tarot cards and um it was always part of our life and then when i was like before we moved here when i was like seven or six um we lived in a haunted house that we actually had to move out of because it was so haunted and then my mom burned the tarot cards because it was a house that my it was a really beautiful house my dad bought it um but it had been abandoned like it was a foreclosure kind of thing so we remodeled the whole thing um but then um a lot of things happened um i don't know if you do you want me to get into some of the actual content okay sure. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um it was really scary um well my mom used to my mom's always seen these things so i never really you know like listened to her that much i was like yeah mom whatever but uh she she um she kept seeing she always said like oh i saw like the spirit like i saw this and that and i would think okay she's crazy you know and i was little i didn't really um but i remember several times my dad coming down uh yelling like hey like who's down there like at night like who's down there and you could hear furniture like stuff like moving and it's it really crazy but like some some things would be like in different places and that kept happening and i always thought that like somebody kept breaking into the house i didn't really when because that was little i didn't really understand what was going on and uh then my my aunt who never believed in this kind of thing she was babysitting us and after that she believes and she always tells me the story she was babysitting us and she kept hearing like marbles go down the staircase it's almost like a horror movie and she would be like girls like go to bed and we would be in sleeping and then the worst thing was my sister she woke up one night and she couldn't see the door she couldn't see anything um my mom would never lock doors cuz she's she's like that she's very overprotective um but her door was locked and the, she says like the toys were were kind of like um glowing she remembers this but she's like oh i probably made it up but she remembers it um the door the they were glowing and then she thought she started choking and she almost died uh they had to take her to the ER and they said like it if it had been like 5 or 10 minutes longer she mm-hmm. would have died um she had asthma but she only had asthma in that house which was really weird and then when we moved out later we found a book and the book uh, the, a book uh, written by the person who was kind of famous who lived in that home before and the book said that she lost her son in that house and the son had died choke choking or whatever like without not being able to breathe 
So we're like, whoa, that was like, that was really scary. But now I know that you can clear the things out and it's almost never like that bad that you have to move out. But we didn't know any better. Now I always think back to it and I'm like, we could just have cleared that home. Like my mom brought this woman that, you know, I remember her like burning something, but burning, I have this post my friends joke about because it's like burning sage won't cut it all the time, you know, like you need to do more. Um, but this woman just like really burned something through the home and and we ended up moving. It was sad because it was a, a, such a nice house. But anyway, spirituality then, because of that reason and everything, it was always part of my life. But I always thought my mom was kind of like crazy and I would like never do that. Whenever, like if I had a stomach ache, she would like give me Reiki. She would take me to the doctor too, like a normal person. But, um, and I was like, oh, that's just heat in her hands. Like, I don't, I don't really believe that. And then when I was like 24, I had my first panic attack and I started getting really like depressive episodes and I had been a happy person before that. Um, I've never had like any kind of problem like that. And I had a lot of, you know, like I had like three panic attacks, but I had like this constant anxiety and depression. And I I started trying to meditate. I remember the first time I tried to meditate, it was awful. I was like, I don't know how people do this. Like, how is this going to help? So I I quit. But then I started going to alternative therapies because my psychiatrist, she told me that I would never get to the root of my anxiety because I didn't know where it was coming from. She said, like, just take the pills. You know, they're good for, like, when you're pregnant, which I'm not against. Those pills, like, saved my life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't, I mean, I would be alive, but I wouldn't be, like, where I am in life if it wasn't for that. And, but I wanted to know what was the... the what was behind that and that's when I started really getting into it like going to different people and then before moving here which was what I always wanted right I um I started getting a lot of anxiety and I was like I'm just gonna stay here but I knew I couldn't stay in Chile it wasn't part of what I was supposed to do and um that's when I I went to this channeler woman and I love her style because it wasn't like tarot cards like you're going to do this you're gonna get married you're gonna do which is nice and fun sometimes, but it was really more about me empowering myself. She said, there's a star. I always remember this because she said, there's a star in the sky. And if you don't like let it shine, like you don't go, it won't shine or something like that. And now looking back, I'm like, Thank God it came, like all the things I've accomplished, all the, all the like dreams that needed to be, it needed to be done. And, um, and then I started mixing it with spirituality, with winter design. Cause I kept feeling like I kept going into people's homes. When you go into people's homes, you don't really, you know, you don't really, you have to have like this connection with them and understand their life. Like, it's not only about putting a sofa here or there, it's just about what's going on with them, why they want to put a sofa there. And I started really working with divorced women that when like the husband left the home and they always wanted it to make their, their space their own. But I always wanted to like chat a little more and see where things were coming from. And I was like, no, like, interior design is so, so about the person that I really want to 
do those things, the two of those things together. And I don't know, it's been, it's, it's been going great. I really, I really love mixing both of them. Can you talk about a little bit about um, space clearing? Like, what is it? How do you clear a space? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because a lot of people ask me, like, what does space clearing mean? Yeah. Or, like, what even is it? And it's for me, it's, like, something so normal now. That I, <laughs> but it, but it's, it's such a good question because a lot of people are like, well, what, what is a space clearing? Like, what space do you clear? Is it this, like, space? Like, some people don't understand it's their homes. Um, so I clear homes, I clear businesses, um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say cars, I think I could probably clear cars, <laughs> um, I usually like clear homes, that's what people uh, call me most for in offices, um, and what I do there is I connect to the energy of the space, so as we have like our energetic bodies and we need to move things out of our energetic bodies, um, homes also have residual energy so this is something everybody says but like when you go into a place sometimes you will feel this weird energy where it feels like I've noticed like some places that I didn't like the smell it was actually because I didn't like the energy of the space kind of weird um but there's there's some places that you go into and you don't feel at home or you feel like you want to leave um those are like the most extreme cases but I I believe all spaces need to be clear. So all spaces have energy and they have energy from, when I clear, you would see energy from like, I don't know, 1920. And it's not always like spirits. It's just residual. Like if somebody passed away, sometimes the spirit won't be there, but there's there's grief or there's, um, sometimes there's anger. I remember going to this, to this um, uh, house and I kept feeling like there was tension in the walls. Um, and I asked the woman, I'm like, why is there like so much tension between this room and that room? And she had, she was like, oh, that's because we, I don't know, we've been fighting with, with the first, like the two people who live in this rooms have been fighting or it always has something to do. Or like sometimes um, I did one, well, I think the last one I did, um, uh, the woman, she, they kept showing her, I was like, it, they're telling me you don't eat in the dining room and that you should really move out the boxes in the dining room to make room for like a, um, a partner or a date because she wanted uh, to find love. But she didn't have like really a place to eat and host there. So they keep telling me like what I do is I read the energy of the home and I keep getting information of what she should do or what people should do. And it's always related. People are always like, oh yeah, my, cause I'm not at the home. Most of the time it's just a distance space clearing. Um, and they're like, yeah, I, I actually like, don't ever sit there. I don't use that. Or, or they say, yeah, I feel like some weird energy there. It's always like, it always has something to do. Um, there was one other last week that the sun couldn't sleep or something. And as soon as I tune in, she sent me like um, like a layout of the home, a floor plan. And I looked at the floor plan and I was like, oh, it looks, you know, like just even before reading, like the intuitive hit that I got was that his room had a lot of energy. And then when I was actually clearing it, which is I go in and I clear the, ener the bad energy out kind of, and uh, I bring in good energy. I had to send my, because I work with like spirit guides who help me with this. I had to send them in first 
and then go in because it was so I could tell it was not something I wanted to deal with. So I'm very protective when I do that. So I sent them in, have them clear out as much as possible, like the really bad stuff. And then I went in and cleared out. And he slept in that bedroom for the first time, like three months or something. Mm. So it's really crazy how it works. I still don't like logically understand it very well, but it, but it works. It's just, it's just really, I don't know. It's just really fun. <laughs> I love it. It sounds crazy, but it's fun. And how often should someone get their space cleared? I think like it, it really depends on what's going on in your space, but I do like little space clearings in my home. I would say like every month because I talk to so many people and I'm always here working, but I'm always talking to people and clearing people's energies. So I try to do like little things as much as possible. But for a regular like household, I would say like a year or two is fine. It's, it doesn't have to be something that's very common, but if you've never done it before, I recommend it to everybody because all spaces have, it's most likely nobody has ever cleared a space. So there might be a lot of energy there. And what is energy healing? So energy healing, I remember when I was doing really bad um when I was like really well it wasn't really bad already I was living here but I was still dealing with anxiety and feeling like it was never gonna end like I would never be free of the anxiety and I just had like to learn how to live with it and I went to um I started listening to this podcast um, about energy healing and the woman and I'll, I'll explain what it is but she kept explaining that she healed herself from with energy healing and that it was the best and that she had a lot of anxiety and now she did it and I think she had like five episodes but that episode and I tried to reach out to her I was like that changed my life because that's why I started looking into energy healing and it's just moving stagnant energy from your body so what I do in an energy healing session is I connect to your energetic body and see where you would have more energy or sometimes I see the thoughts, um, sometimes I see beliefs in the heart, in the in different spaces and I start moving them out, clearing them out um, with energy. So what I do, it's kind of like really, um, I have this healing master like a guide a spirit guide not a real person a lot of people think he's a real person um he's he's not he he works with me and um we go through like people's chakras and we clear out and move any energy so for example we have a lot of uh, heart walls that are trapped emotions we have a lot of trapped emotions in our body the whole time like yesterday i was doing a session it was really funny uh, we were talking like this and i started getting like um like a really strong, sharp pain in my in my shoulder, my right shoulder. And I was like, does your right shoulder hurt? And she was like, mm, yeah, it's kind of like bother, been bothering me. And I was like, what emotion do you feel like is there? I was guiding her through it. And she said, oh, it looks like a, like a porcupine. Is that a word, porcupine? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's it. Yeah. Okay, so she said it looked like that. And, and that it was a... Uh, blah 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 and it was like worry whatever and we cleared it out like I moved the energy out and I bring in good energy and it stopped hurting I was like I still don't understand how that happens when I tap into a person and I start feeling 
their their emotions and their energy and they show me that so that I will get rid of it but it was literally like five minutes started hurting took it out stopped hurting and it's just like all this residual emotions and energy that live in your body um so as I was saying heart heart walls and that was a big one for me the day I got rid of my heart wall which I didn't know was a thing when I got certified in Reiki which was one of the first things I did um, I went home and I did Reiki on myself, didn't feel anything, but suddenly like I was doing Reiki on my heart and I was like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I needed to push something in front of my chest, like start pushing some energy. So I started doing this and it felt like such a relief. And I was like, what is going on? I remember like my husband was filming something. He wasn't at home. So I was like moving the energy. And I was like, I remember being like, like actually like sighing of how I was moving the energy and the relief I was feeling and for like I would say like for a year didn't tell anybody because I was so afraid that my anxiety would come back because I was like this can't happen it's like a miracle and it never came back it never came back it's been like three I think years and yeah yeah it's been like three years and I never felt that again like that same kind of creeping I mean I have anxiety like like normal but I don't have like that overwhelming sense of anxiety and that was because I moved that with with Reiki which is kind of another kind of energy healing um and we all have heart walls and just moving those heart walls it really connects you to your own power your own space it's just really fun (laughs) I love it and what is Reiki so Reiki is kind of it's a kind of energy healing in which you connect to source energy so it's like there's an infinite amount of energy and let's just say it's kind of like the universe that's easier to explain um and when i turn on reiki i kind of call down energy kind of like the energy you would imagine like angels or like very high vibrational energy very pure golden light um and it comes down it fills me up so i never get drained it's just infinite and it starts flowing through my hands. My hands get um, really hot, or I start, I sometimes start feeling like waves of energy like this in my hands, like something was even like touching me. Or, and that with that energy in my hands, I start uh, transmitting that into the person and I start moving any residual energy, any, we have a lot of energy that we carry around, not, not only from us, but from other people we carry a lot of other people's energies around and to for us to be having a happy life an aligned life um and get to where we want to go we need to have our own energy and not other people's energies so with reiki we kind of move that out i don't do reiki on its own as much i do more of like i just like move blocks and see things as images and move a lot of that um which is more of like, I guess, an intuitive energy healing session. There's a lot of information in my sessions. It's not just like energy. Um, but the way it, that's what Reiki is, they just like fill you up with this beautiful high vibrational energy. It's really cool. <laughs> and what type of readings do you do? Um, so I do like, I channel spirit guides, which is kind of, um, when I channel spirit guides, what happens is I will see like your own spirit guide and they come forward and I connect to that 
that guide and I said, okay, you can like talk now, kind of. Sometimes it's relief for me, like they will really come for me. And sometimes it's just, um, I hear a word and I start repeating. They're like, oh, hello, we want to tell you that, blah, 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 blah. And then I go on and on and on. And suddenly it's like been 20 minutes of the message. So that's one of, that's the first session I do without knowing anybody. Um, and then I do that. And then we do the energy healing portions. And then I say, okay, like, cause it's all recorded. Now you can lay down and I'll just move the energy of your body. And, um, I just work on the energy and I will say, okay, I'm working on, I start by the crown chakra, which is at the top of the head. And I say, okay, I'm going to open it or close it to receive more energy. And I, I do that. So that's the first reading. Um, and then the second reading is Akashic Records, which is kind of a different modality. And I'm actually teaching a lot of people how to enter their own Akashic Records because um, it's an infinite source of information. It's really fun. Um, and what, what we do in Akashic Records reading is um, with your name, I kind of access uh, the records of your soul through time. There's a lot of healing past lives. Uh, which always have to do with our lives now, always. Um, there's a lot of healing patterns, and we see possibilities for the future, but it's not, like, um, that much future-based because, you know, there's timelines are always changing, and there's a lot of things. I don't really like to predict the future, but I predicted, like, a lot of situations. Um, I predicted, like, four babies. It was this one girl, I told her she was... I was like, there's a baby really close. She's like, she just had a baby. Um, and she didn't even, you know, she, she wasn't even like back in her cycle yet. And I was like, you know, I just see a baby real close. Like, just, you know, be careful. She's like, I just had a baby. Like her baby was five months old. Um, and it ended up that when I gave her that reading, she was already pregnant. <laughs> she called me like yelling at me. She's like, yeah, <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> But like in a happy way, <laughs> not mad. Um, and then I've also predicted like I saw this guy living in the woods in this cabin. I was like, you're gonna live there. He was like, no, I'm not. And then like a year later, he's like, oh, you know what? Like I just realized I moved to where you told me. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and like, you know, the, the realtor, I told her she was gonna sell a house on the sixth and eighth month. And I forgot about it because I forget about my readings because I do a lot. And also, like, I'm not really in a conscious. I'm conscious, but I'm not that conscious. So it kind of slips away. Um, and she told me, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, like, I sold it, like, just how you said. And I was like, when did I say that? She was like, yeah, in your reading, you said six and eight months. And I sold the house on my six and eight month. So things like that will, I will predict. But timing is really tricky because also we have free will and especially with the Akashic records they're not that much of a divination tool they're more of a self-development like if you keep working on this track if you do this we want they really want to help you be the best version of yourself and that's what we do in that reading. and then I have spiritual life coaching which is kind of like integrating all that in real life in real actual implementation and we talk and then it's like a mix of everything and I just teach people some energy tools to um, learn how to deal with their energy and, you know, just be more aware of who they are. And what's your favorite reading story? 
So that baby, I love that because that was the first baby I predicted. So that's uh, one. And then the Akashic workers are not like you have loved ones that are your guides. So loved ones we call like um, your, you know, somebody that passed that comes forward. I always love that. But there was this one, there was this one reading, and it was Akashic records. And Akashic records don't are not mediumship readings per se. But if there's somebody that really wants to connect it will it will be sometimes they they talk like for 15 minutes but they would this was like an hour i opened the records of this person which is like i access it and i started seeing this guide and she was like come with me come with me and we walked through this long hallway that's the way i see it and uh she opened this door and i saw this guy and i got this feeling that it was the father of the woman i was talking to but I didn't know she was very young, and I didn't know her father passed away. Um, so I kept being like, "This is weird," but I feel like it's your father, but I don't know. She was like, "Yeah, it, yeah, my father passed," and I was like, "Okay." And like it was like an hour of me just talking. She was quiet the whole time. Um, of like all that her father had to tell her, and I could see like a version of her sitting receiving the information and then talking so i was like your father saying this and this i was like does this make sense to you she would be like yes does this make sense to you? yes and then her father would talk 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 the whole hour it was just her father talking it was so beautiful it was just i was i would say the most fulfilling one i've ever done because she was like in a loss for words she had no idea this was going to happen she kind of wanted to communicate with him but it's normally just a little message, and it was like the whole reading. I've never had a, that experience after that, because um, also it depends on a lot of things. But that was like really, really cool to see that and to be able to give somebody that kind of closure, that kind of connection. It's kind of like magic. That's how it feels like for me. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. I do so many readings, I keep forgetting, but. Um, yeah, I think those are my two like favorite ones. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, no, I can't really remember at the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. I love them all. Yeah. And what were your twenties like? <laughs> so, I feel like I was very lost. Um, now that I go back, just I'm in, I'm in a place where I'm. I feel like I'm right where I need to be for the first time ever. And it took a lot of looking for that place, I guess. Um, When I was uh, 20, I was studying design and I was really having a hard time with it. Um, By by half of the, my, of my university experience, I, I don't, we don't call it the same thing as you guys, but when I was like two and a half years into it, I almost quit. I wanted to go study just interior design or just um, fashion. And I was just so lost, had no idea what to do. I stuck with it, um, which was good. I stuck with it. And I just remember being so lost and then just like questioning a lot of things and not knowing like what I was gonna do. Then when I was working, I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to put like a, just not knowing, um, which is good, you know, we don't, we're, we never really know everything that's going to happen. 
but also wanting to move here. And that was like when I was 24, that was like the worst part of my 20s, I would say, because I had this like panic attacks and all that and didn't know where it was coming from, never felt that way before. And it happened to a lot of my friends when we when we left, you know, college because it's kind of like you really go into the real world and try to, you know, well, in Chile, we don't leave our homes until we're that age, like after college. Um, so it was like a lot of finding who we wanted to be, what we wanted to do. And you feel like you need to have all the answers right away. Like life is like, you're like just going, going, going. That that was like for me. I still am that way. Um, but also very insecure, I would say. Like not as confident um, as I am now. Not only like in terms of what I'm, what I want to do with life or like just in general feeling of satisfaction, but it's like, just like in, in my own body, you know, like things that now I'm like, like, I've always wanted, this is really random and dumb, but I've always wanted a nose job. And for like three years, I was so obsessed with getting a nose job, um, when I was in my twenties. And now that I'm 30, I mean, maybe I'll get one one day it's not like I don't want it but I don't think about that like it's not something that really takes over my life because I I've noticed what is I've learned what's important and what's not and um, from a spiritual perspective when you're like 28 29 there's this thing called the Saturn return which is that uh, the planet Saturn Saturn (laughs) is at the same point that it is when you were born and that's where a lot of people have spiritual awakening um, or like more of like that. They have like, you know, back breakups or like 28, 29. It starts at 27, they say. That's when like, it starts at 27 and then it's like, it could go to 29 depending. But you really start reevaluating your life because it's like coming back. So you came here with a purpose, like where are you on that purpose? And that's like most of my clients are in that age and have had this weird experiences where they like, I just really need help or I just really need to figure out something. Um, so 20s are very, especially like 27, like, like late 20s, um, they're a very important part of our spiritual life, our spiritual awakening. <laughs> um, so look out for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what advice would you... <laughs> What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? My 20-year-old self. Let me just see. Um, I would just say, not, do not take life so seriously. I actually heard that later, like when I was like 27. I was already living here. I was overthinking, 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 like the same thing over and over again. And like a guide or something. It was one of the first times that I heard something. I heard a voice that said, um, stop taking everything so seriously. And then really, really, it sounds like a, such a like something that you could say to a friend, like, oh, stop taking everything so seriously. But we really do need to stop taking everything so seriously. Sometimes we think, especially when we're 20s and again, we're like starting our life, like everything seems so important, like a job or like somebody that, something that your friend said or everything's like so much bigger than you think. And just, I used to be that way. I was to question everything. Like 
and now it's like yeah just stop taking it so seriously like the worst thing that can happen is that you'll make mistakes because we all make them and you know you'll live and you learn from that and you'll just go on to the next one but I was so scared of making mistakes or like losing time and now I'm like whatever like I'm, I'm older and I have a lot less worry about time than I did when I was 10 years younger which is so funny and are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? No, I think I think we covered a lot. Um, I feel like I talked a lot about myself, but I guess that's what podcasts yeah. are interviews are for. Yeah, but no, no, I would just say like, if you're in your twenties, don't try to don't try to rush anything and just just really enjoy it. I remember because I dated my husband for a long time and everybody uh, would say like, oh, you're going to be dating like for your whole 20s. And I really took the time to be with my friends, I, um, which I didn't do with my first relationship in high school. Um, and then I really opened myself up to, I went on trips with my friends. I I would, you know, dance with other guys. I wouldn't, I'm not saying cheat, but I was just like, really, I would, I, I had fun. I had fun and I made sure I had all the experiences, all the things I didn't, I knew that the twenties are the most fun. That's what people keep telling me. Um, and it's true. Like this is the time of your life when you're young and just, just, you know, making some mistakes. Some people I feel like are too close off to make mistakes they're like oh but I won't because we're taking life seriously but if you're going to make mistakes do them while you're 20 and and just really make sure you enjoy every second because it goes by, by so fast and then everybody like now my friends are all kind of like settled and they start having kids and it just like changes the whole dynamic so get it while you can and just you know party responsibly, book party, have fun, don't take anything too seriously. Like if you fall down a grade or like you get stuck a year or whatever, just like it's not the end of the world, trust me. <laughs> and where can people connect with you? So I'm mostly on Instagram, that's where I'm like all day, every day. <laughs> it's easier actually to get me to me through my DMs and my email. Um, so it's at inshallah design uh that's i-n-s-h-a-l-a -A design um that's funny because shala was my first spirit guide that came to me and then when i was putting together my business i looked it up the name shala and it meant home in like one of the sacred languages and i was like oh, that's so perfect and well then people think it's inshallah because it's also a saying that i had no idea existed before i created my business and that saying means god willing so it's like all really, really connected. Um, so anyway, yes, you can find me at Inshallah Design. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.